0: Friends, you do not need to quit your nine to five just to be serious about your business. You can absolutely be fully committed and invested in your business and your vision while going through a more graduated but strategic approach and transition from your job to your business. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Aligned Performance Podcast, the podcast that helps you to express your best in this world to create your most aligned life of purpose and potential. Through authentic and uplifting solo episodes and diverse guest conversations, we explore how you can discover and serve your soul's purpose, transform your mind, cultivate high-performing results, successfully change careers, and build your dream business. All of this will guide you to fulfill your dream life and impact on this world. My name is Trang, your host for the show. And before I get into today's episode, I'd like to share with you a very exciting client win from this week. So this week, I received a message from this one-on-one mentoring client, and this is what it said. Update. Update. I had the conversation with my boss and it's all agreed upon. Officially down to three days a week, baby. So what this client is referring to is she has been able to drop back two days a week from five days to three days in her nine to five job. And the reason why she's been able to do that is because when we first started working together six months ago, she had a dream. And that dream was to transition from being in her nine to five full time to running her business full-time. So we set some milestones in order for her to feel abundant and to feel empowered. She would hit certain financial milestones in her business and then gradually pull back in her job. And this week, she hit her very first major milestone. And this is huge. It is so worth celebrating because six months ago, when she first started mentoring with me, this was just a dream. And she had said that it's something that she would daydream about. It's something that she saw other people achieving, but she just didn't know that she was cut out for it. And even throughout the last six months, there have been moments where she's been really tested. There have been challenges. There have been setbacks. But she's continued to take deep breaths of trust. She's continued to show up. And here she is now. So I want to share this because if you are in a place yourself where you have a big dream and you want something so bad, but you feel like you are not capable of it, you feel like you don't belong, you feel like you're not made for this, just know that these are transient thoughts. These thoughts are not based on fact. They are simply different narratives that your brain is coming up with. It is possible. Your dreams are possible. Anything is possible. Reality is negotiable. We create our reality, but it is up to us to show up and make it happen. So I want to share that with you to kickstart this episode. Now let's actually go into what I want to talk about today, which is business advice that is now outdated in 2023. The reason that I'm talking about this is because I have now been in business for almost eight years. And over the last eight years, I have witnessed so many evolutions of advice and strategies that work because it's been a pretty full-on eight years in this world. (laughs) Like Things have moved quickly. Of course, we had the pandemic and As we slowly move away from the industrial revolution and we move into the entrepreneurial revolution, as Dan Priestley says it, things have rapidly changed in the world of business. So the best advice from just even three years ago is now potentially detrimental for businesses. Things that worked really well a few years ago now just fall on deaf ears for um, our audience. And I have witnessed this. I have played, played around with a lot of different strategies over the last eight years. So I'd really like to share with you what I have observed. So there are, how many do I have here? I've got seven, seven different pieces of business advice that is now outdated, that I believe is outdated in 2023 and i actually want to emphasize that it's it's something that i personally believe like there is no rule book that something is going to work this year and something isn't going to work okay like there are going to be strategies that may not work for the majority anymore but some people may still be able to stretch it out and still be able to make it work for them so i'm not saying this as a blanket rule but it's something based on my observations through my experience is something that I'd like to share with you as maybe not the best strategy this year and moving forwards. So let's get into it. Number one, the advice that you must quit your nine to five to go all in on your business because otherwise you're not serious about your business. This is a big one and I used to be a proponent of, oh, quit your nine to five and go all in on your business because that is true commitment and if you don't have a plan B, then you will make plan A work. I used to advocate that. And yeah, there is something to be said about the ferocious commitment and energy when you quit your nine to five to go all in on your business what is actually showing up is that more times than not, this all or nothing attitude creates scarcity, pressure and fear that causes us to give up prematurely. And if this weight is going to cause us to cave and then start looking for a job anyway, then what's the point? Like We might as well Do things in a way that is a bit more graduated and maybe a little bit more slow, but is going to give us that feeling of abundance and empowerment to sustain this journey, not just for the next six months, but for the next five years, for the next 10 years, because that's the end game, right? Like we want to end up in business, not just be in business in six months time, but be back in a job in 12 months time. So uh, I really don't believe that you need to quit your job to go all in on your business. Sure, you're going to have less time of the day to be working on your business when you're still working in your job. Sure, you're going to be spreading out your mental uh, capacity and your energy and your resources if you're going to be juggling a few different things. But coming from a place of abundance and security and empowerment rather than a place of desperation... And urgency can very well be the thing that means you will still be standing in business in the long term. And this is how I did it. I didn't just quit being a physio and start my business. I gradually transitioned from one to the other. That's what I encourage all of my clients to do and they are all doing it and they're all thriving in it. Sometimes it does mean that we need to stretch ourselves a little bit and, you know, exert ourselves for a short period of time to make it happen. Otherwise we may choose that we want to prioritize sustainability and move things more slowly, but it is possible. Of course it is. <laughs> like we can still be fully dedicated and committed and present in our business while still having a job. It doesn't mean that we're not committed if we don't quit our job. It just means that we are strategizing this process. Now, number two, advice that's now outdated in 2023 is that we need to be controversial to garner attention. What I'm talking about is, especially in the realm of social media, where previously (laughs) there was a lot of encouragement to bash our competition or to make emphatic blanket and biased claims that are very convincing and uh, and will get our content to go viral and to be seen by more eyeballs. But ultimately, not all attention is good attention. And we can have a viral reel or develop a community based on hate and bashing other people or other industries. But where's that going to lead in five years? And the fact is so many people do it now on social media that it just really doesn't have the effect that it used to. So actually expanding uh, from the podcast episode that I did two weeks ago um, on how I s- expanded my business with less work in 2023, I wholeheartedly believe that the best strategy is authentic strategy, being ourself, sharing value, uh, being completely open and focused on impact That is what's going to garner attention and that is what's going to lead to our business still standing in 10 years from now versus those who aren't uh, utilizing those true and meaningful connections in their business. Number three, that you must have the perfect brand aesthetics on on your IG feed specifically or anywhere else as well you know, this was a thing. This was a thing maybe five to 10 years ago to have like a beautiful Instagram feed, all the right colors. You know, you've got perfect lines of the same types of posts when you move up and down or when you go diagonally on your feed. And yeah, like aesthetics are nice, but (laughs) are they going to lead to conversions? And Are they going to lead to loyal customers that are bought into you and your business mission? (laughs) Probably not. So is that the best use of your time and energy with the finite hours each week? Or can you be doing something else and working on something else in your business that will achieve a greater ROI? I know I've done it without the perfect aesthetics. I've never been too, I've never been too fussed with aesthetics. You know, I just point and shoot and then post. So I've been able to build a six plus figure business without having perfect aesthetics. And I know multi-million dollar businesses without any aesthetics, like they've got branding and that's, that's something to be taken into consideration for sure. Like they've got branding, but it's not perfectly curated that they can't even have one picture put up on the socials because it doesn't fit the theme. <laughs> so that's that one. Now the next one, number four, using your revenue as a selling point. So this was a big this was a big trend, especially in the coaching industry. There was a time a couple of years ago where almost every coach in almost every single post in their marketing were using how much money they make, how big their business is in order to sell. It was their biggest selling point. And sure, this does create hype and it can lead to you being put on a pedestal by other people so then they want to buy from you and learn from you. But at the same time, this can be misleading and it can very much prey on people's insecurities and pains. It can really prey on that. So to me, it is not the most sustainable and not the most integral way to market. Plus, people are actually becoming a lot more discerning and they are getting pretty sick of one-dimensional revenue-based marketing. So it's not that you can't mention it, like it's not that you can't mention, and I just did before actually, it's not that you can't mention where your business is at, like it can be a beautifully inspiring share. But using it as the main selling point I've observed that that has started to get old and people are starting to see that maybe that's the energy that they don't want to be around all the time. Number five, shaming your audience into buying because it's about keeping them accountable. So what I mean by this is there is a school of thought out there in the world of business that we should shame our audience into buying. And how we shame them is we tell them that they must buy. And if they don't buy, then, you know, they're not committed. They're not serious about themselves. Like, this is why they are the way they are. Like, shaming people into taking action is never a good idea because shame is a very strong emotion. And it absolutely can elicit execution of, uh, of a decision and it can lead to action. But that action comes from a place of insecurity and it can lead to long-term resentment and regret. And in the coaching industry, like if you are working with clients and they make a decision to buy then amazing, sure, you can have a big sum of money transferred into your bank account. But if that client is then resenting you and showing up with leaky, half-committed energy because they didn't even want this in the first place, like you shamed them into buying in the first place, that's only going to cause more problems ongoing. So like that is what's going to be the death of Trust and loyalty in your clients. And not only that, but really, you know, shaming might have worked back in the day when there were less buying options. But now, you know, people like people have so many options and they're not going to stand for being shamed and they're not going to stand for feeling crap by you. (laughs) Like they're. They're just going to go somewhere else. Um, And, you know, people are feeling like we are feeling creatures and people make decisions based on how they feel. So sure, like it may evoke uh, action initially, but also it may repel someone immediately and cause them to, to go off and talk about you in a way that may not be supportive of your brand and your business growth. Now, number six, don't let a client off a sales call. Okay, I'm gonna say that again. (laughs) Don't let a client off a sales call until they buy. So this is kind of related to the previous one, but more in the specific context of being on a sales call. So this is actually what I was first taught when I got into business. Uh, My very first mentor taught me that, we should be so relentless on a sales call and not let someone off until they say yes. So how we do that is we've got to make sure that we take the payment right there and then, take their credit card pa- credit card payment there and then, you know, overcome every single objective that they have. Don't take no for an answer. And honestly, like even saying this now, it's it feels so icky. And, you know, the fact that I used to do this, I'm I'm not proud of it. But I'm so far from this now. Like, really, when we don't let someone off a sales call until they buy, like, what is the intention of that? (laughs) Like, are we here to help them? Are we here to hear them and see them and meet them where they are at and support them along their journey? Or are we just here to make a sale and get some more money in our bank account (laughs) you know like in a world where there is so much information like we people are becoming much more sensitive and people are valuing relationships and how someone else makes them feel so much more that like we have the luxury to do that you know there is so much information and and there are so many options of businesses to choose from so where I'm at now is I actually do the opposite like I actually encourage my my um, potential clients to take the time that they need so that they can make a decision that feels good for them like sure investing in yourself especially in what I do right like mindset and life and business coaching um, investing in yourself can feel a bit stretchy and it can feel a little bit nervy because when you invest in yourself, you are taking a big step of commitment to taking a leap in your life and raising your standards for how you show up and the results that you create for yourself. And that's always going to challenge the ego. That's always going to feel a little bit scary. But deep down, it can still be an empowered decision. It can still feel good to make that decision on top of the, the, the nervousness or the, the stretchiness of that decision. So I want my clients to feel like that. So I'd encourage them to actually take the time that they need. And if they're going to go somewhere else or if they if it's a misaligned fit, then that's what it is. <laughs> I respect that and I honor that. But if it's some, but if it's the right fit and if someone's committed, then they're still going to be there and they're still going to say yes the next day. <laughs> Just because they've had an extra 12 hours doesn't mean that now they're going to say no and they're going to go somewhere else. If it's true and it's right, they're going to still be there the next day. Now, number seven, the final piece of advice that is now outdated in 2023 is that we should make huge guarantees and promise claims to make our audience trust us. So what I'm referring to is in our marketing. And marketing 101 is that we should make big guarantees and promises for a particular result in a certain time frame. So for example, you might see uh, marketing campaigns that say, you know, guaranteed, lose 10 kilos in five weeks. Or um, guaranteed, make a make a hundred thousand dollars or uh, get your money back, like those type of guarantees. The reason why I believe that this is outdated is, firstly, once again, the market is so saturated. Customers and clients are so much more intelligent and discerning and hesitant than they used to be, and they know that guarantees can be empty promises in that no one can guarantee anything in the future. No one can guarantee it. And ultimately, especially if it's a service like weight loss or getting business results or financial results, like that can't be something that is just given. It must be earned. It must be worked for. And that depends on the actual um, customer, the client, and how they show up as well. So people are aware of this and because they're so drowning in bold guarantees anywhere and everywhere that they look, like it starts to feel more sleazy and more inauthentic than anything. So avoid the guarantees and just be honest. Be honest that You know, you can't necessarily guarantee that you're going to get this result from this service or product. And it depends on the industry as well. And I acknowledge that. Um, But I'm especially speaking to people in the coaching or the mentoring or the facilitating industry where, you know, we're working towards a long-term result. You know, be really honest that it can't be guaranteed. But you're going to do the best that you can. and You're going to give your clients or your customer everything that you have. You're going to give them all that you know and all the resources and do your best to get there. But it's also up to them to put in the work. And ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, honesty is the best policy. Um, You know, just being so integral and authentic that that becomes your selling point. That is your marketing. And as we progress in this world where AI becomes more and more prominent, people are only becoming more and more valuing of genuine connections, of humanity, of true heart and soul, rather than big, faceless companies or robots. So those are the seven pieces of business advice that is now outdated in 2023. I'm going to go through the, them again and I'd like you to see which one you needed to hear the most and which one you will start to shift the way that you think and the way that you show up in business. So number one, first piece of advice that's now outdated is that you must quit your nine to five to go all in on your business. Number two is to be controversial to garner attention. Number three, you must have perfect brand aesthetics on your IG feed. Number four, using your revenue as your main selling point. Number five, shame your audience into buying because it's about keeping them accountable. Number six, don't let a client offer sales call until they buy from you. Number seven, Make huge guarantees and promise claims to make your audience trust you. <laughs> It'll do the opposite. I can guarantee that. <laughs> All right, fam. That is the end of another episode. I really hope that this uh, has been valuable for you, that it has brought fresh perspectives and uh, has been thought provoking as you navigate and move forwards in your journey of creating your dream business of impact and ultimately living your life of freedom and fulfillment and fulfilling your purpose and potential. Thank you for listening to the end of this episode. I appreciate that you are still here. Um, Yes, sometimes I get sick of my own voice. So yeah, the fact that you're still here, kudos to you. (laughs) Uh, All right, you have a beautiful rest of your day and your week. Keep showing up as your highest self and I will catch you in the next episode. Bye.